We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please! Help! Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Is For Podcast. I am Danger. That is Sarge, and that is Monster. Say hi, Sarge. Hello. Oh, no, that was... Guys. Okay. All right, cool. All right. <laughs> so, tonight is... Oh. I didn't know there was a second part. Well, he, he was talking like the damn Teach Me Reader. <laughs> Welcome to this show. Okay, he <laughs> said Teach Me Reader, not Speak and Spell. And, I mean... Oh. Yeah. What's the difference? Well, the Teach Me Reader was... Well, it had the books that you put on it, and it was like... Welcome to the Teach Me Reader. To start, choose a book and press the red star. And you push the red star and it'd be like... Is this like a 1940s thing? Uh, it was a 1990s thing. Oh, okay. If you say so. For a guy that says he was steeped in the 90s culture as a kid. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Please, but, Danger. Yes. Okay, so we have made it to the letter O. And O is for old episodes revisited. See... When you do things like we're doing, things develop, new things come out, uh, new projects happen, things are found. And we have all found or heard of these new things. So want to take a chance to go back to a few of the older episodes that we've talked about. Now, I don't think that there's really been updates to dumb military ideas, although there's always new dumb military ideas coming out. I was going to say every yeah. day. Yeah. Well, there's been a couple that's not from the United States. We can do that one if you want. Well, I mean, oh sure. Um, you know, maybe for N, we could do new dumb military ideas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've picked a couple episodes, a couple topics that we've covered in the past. Sarge, Day or Monster, I, you know, uh, we'll we'll get to everybody. But I'm going to start it off by actually going back to an older, you know, I think it was season one episode. I don't know. I went to look at what seasons we did these in, and I failed on that part. What ep what season was it that we talked about? Evil Dead was it one? Two? No, two. Uh, yeah. if, I think it was two. Okay. It was two. All right. So, season two. To clarify, to clarify, to are clarify. we talking about Evil Dead the remake or Evil Dead the original? Okay. Because the remake was hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. It's it's not. It's not. It's not as good as the original. I'm but not that's gonna... not what Danger wanted to talk about. I'm not going to agree with you that it's hot garbage because I actually enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy Same. it as much as the original, but Same. there's a fondness for that original one. But what I was yeah. going to talk about is that there is a sequel to the remake that has come uh, out. Monster? Sort of. Okay. Sort of. I haven't seen now, it yet. Have you? No, I haven't seen it yet either. I've seen some previews. I've heard some interviews with Bruce and uh, Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily a sequel to uh Fetty Alvarez's remake but it is still in the same universe. I haven't I haven't seen the movie yet so I haven't watched a lot of like YouTube reviews and clips and stuff, but I've seen some videos where they've like put in chronological order like which film comes where and all that. So I don't know exactly how tied into the 20 
2013, yep. I think is when the remake came out. Yep. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how it's connected to that. As a diehard Evil Dead fan, I'm dying to go see it. I will see it before it comes out of theaters, but I but I have not seen it yet. No, I haven't either. So I've seen that it's a sequel. Now, Sarge, you're over there just shaking your head. Why didn't you like the remake? No. I didn't like the remake because... Was it a remake it, or a reboot? Like, was it... To yeah. me, I mean, it, to me, that's like potato, potato, right? They, they use yeah. some of the source material... The same premise, the same plot. They 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 zhuzhed it up some. They made it made it a little bit more in, in, in the timeline. And I think because they did that, they lost some of the I don't want to say campiness of the original, but but it's like they lost that the the genuine feel of it. If they would have okay. named it Cabin in the Woods, Girl Getting Molested by Vines, or something like that. They, Both they, of those are good movies too. Okay, well we don't. We're in a clear <laughs> monsters browser history. Cabin in the Woods, in the is, Woods a great is Yeah, it's a great well, movie. I was just saying, Molested by Vines. That's uh, only in your collection of movies. <laughs> I don't have that one. It's a bootleg. <laughs> I mean, but they, they lost like the feel for it. It, it. They they went to me. They they took it and they're like, we're gonna make it over the top, and and they lost that that like special part of it. Okay. So I will actually agree with you on this because I think honestly what the 2013 version is, is what Sam Raimi had in mind when he made the original, but did not have the budget and the know-how to really pull it off. We, I think we talked about this on the episode. A a lot of the things people remember from the quote unquote evil dead is actually from the sequel and, and army of darkness where they really embrace the the silliness a little yeah. bit more. Um, I agree that it's the new, the remake is not as much fun, quote unquote, right. uh, but it captures that grueling violence and gore that I think Ramey and Campbell had in mind when they were filming the original. Yes. And I will agree that th- what the remake was, was, Probably what Raimi had in mind. I do think that them having a better budget, having a better, you know, arsenal of equipment, put them in a position where they, you know, made a less silly movie. I think that they probably ended up making a sillier movie because they had didn't have a budget and they kind of had to fill the space with with things. But I like the remake. I didn't think it was hot garbage like you did. But Evil Dead Rise, you know, it's and the movie's been released. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm going off of what I was able to find that didn't contain spoilers. I was avoiding spoilers for the new movie, which was really difficult to get something to talk about for (laughs) for this topic without spoiling it. But, oh, there was something in my notes that I didn't say before. So, in 2021, Ice Nine Kills band, uh, metal band, I, I think they're fun. They released an album called The Silver Scream 2, Welcome to Horrorwood, with a song called Ex Mortis. Every song on the album uh, references a horror movie and all. Like, uh, There's a song that references uh, uh, American Psycho all through it, and I love it. It's great. But the Ex Mortis song is a lot of fun. You should check it out. But the sequel to the remake, the movie that exists in the universe of, however you want to classify it, I don't know. Again, 
No spoilers. So it was written and directed by Lee Cronin, who was handpicked by Sam Raimi. Just like the original director, writer-director with you are going to be the one that does this movie, which gives me hope and faith in this movie more than I had before. I was uh, like, hopefully optimistic. So Raimi and Bruce are both uh, producers on it, which is good. You know, I like the fact that they still have their hands in it. Now, in 2017, at a fan um, expo in Canada, Campbell said that he believes the only successful future for the franchise is on a premium cable network and citing Ash vs. Evil Dead on Stars as an example. Now, I think that there are a lot of things that are missed, a lot of opportunities that are missed on streaming platforms for giving more substance to certain universes. But the fact that they uh, have used... Uh, Cronin said that they used uh, 1,717 gallons of fake blood on this movie mm-hmm. makes, makes me go... Maybe it's okay that it's a movie because yes, yes. that would be hard to pull off on any streaming platform. Right. I, I have heard from other people in the horror community that this is really good. Evil Dead Rise. I think it is a little campier. I think it does. Even from the trailers, just at least in my opinion, the way the mother is talking to the kids is a little more like Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 than the 2013 version where it's a little more sinister. Like it oh, feels yeah. a little bit, a little bit campier. But like I said, a lot of diehard evil dead fans are saying this is better than the 2013 remake. I'll, uh, I'll get on board with it. I will see this and I don't know if I'll see Same. it before the, before it leaves theaters. I don't know if this is a movie that needs to be seen on a big screen. And that's the only way that I'll really pay to go see movies. If it needs to be, if the big screen adds something to it. Yeah. I don't know if this really does, you know, going back to the streaming, the streaming, uh, platforms and how they can expand a universe. A good example of that is actually, and by the way, I hate James Gunn. Like he is like not on my friends list anymore. Ooh. Why? Um, what what was your like you said anymore? So at what point you did like him? I, I did like his directing. And then when he came through and he started to throw his weight around some of the up and coming movies that got canceled because of it, it's like and I'll get into that later. But right now, so J- James Gunn produced a holiday special for Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, and it starred Kevin Bacon. And all the original cast of, well, yeah, all, all the original cast of Guardians of the Galaxy, so forth, that time. And it really, like, my kids really loved it. They could watch it without having seen the other movies. And they, like, they wanted me to play the, the Santa Christmas song in a truck when I was driving them to school, which was great. Well, who, what was that band? Old, old 76. Yeah, Old 76. And that's them in the yeah. makeup, makeup and costumes yes. in the movie. I thought that was cool. Yeah, they, all, all the kids got a huge chuckle out of it. But like I said, you know, that's just adding some substance to the source material. And it was really good. No. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I the first, I don't know, maybe third of it, I was not a fan of. The rest of it I thought was fine, but wasn't the the my my most favorite Christmas thing ever. As I sit here and I drink a beer out of a Christmas vacation. Uh, (laughs) yeah it's just the one i grabbed so as of now and i looked this up right before we got started 
Now, the budget was, it's said to be between 15 and 19 million. And it came out on, what was it, the 13th? Um, yeah, it was just, yep. just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And they're already at 90.3 million. And that's chump. That's chump in 2023. Mario Brothers broke one oh, God. million worldwide. I feel like a PG-rated CG animated film about Mario has a slightly broader audience <laughs> than Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, okay, and I saw the <laughs> Mario movie, and, and I loved it. I thought it was great. It needed a little more John Leguizamo, just saying. Yes, no, everything needs no, more John Leguizamo. No, nothing needs more John Leguizamo, but I whoa, thought it was whoa, a great whoa, movie. Whoa. I'm already going to say, I said what I said. Ugh. I said what I said. And, and, and you can be wrong, and that's okay. Okay, so, so, do you have anything else about Evil Dead? No, that is actually okay. all I have on Evil Dead. I was just really impressed by how much money it's made, you know, even though it's not Sarge's Mario numbers. You know, I, I think that's really good, you know, enough to get another one, enough to make New Line Cinema, who has only been distributor, is now a producer on this one. Okay, fine. Sorry, Sarge. Keep them coming. With your, your Mario number, I it was a little bit more Luigi second player you know, numbers for <laughs> there, there needs to be a, like a, a separation of tears. When you're talking about hard R horror and the money that it brings in mm -hmm. versus something like the Mario brothers movie, that ain't chump change. That is, that is yep. a big return for that style of movie. Yeah. Um, so between that and the amount of fake blood, I'm, I'm in like, I exactly. really got it. I'm going to see it. So, segueing a little bit here, talking about a horror movie, one of my favorite things to ramble the hell on about is the Universal Monster films. Oh, no. And you like to talk about that? Just a little we bit. Did it. Just no. a little bit. I can't. That's out of focus. <laughs> um, and, and so we did an episode. You was for Universal Monsters. And I talked about how much I love these old 30s and 40s and 50s films. And I think it's fair to say at nauseum. Yes. <laughs> and the thing is, is nobody else gives a shit. So it's even more annoying. However, here's what I will say. One of the, the very first one, a lot of people consider the very first one is Dracula from 1931, directed by Todd Browning, starring Bella Lugosi and starring Dwight Fry as Renfield. Yep. Now, mm. Renfield is a really cool character because he starts off very straight laced. He has it all together and he's very matter of fact and he's very proper, but Dracula kind of puts him under a spell and he starts to control Renfield and make him do his bidding. And Renfield goes insane. Now, in the 1931 film, Dwight Fry does this incredible performance. It's it's show stealing. It's wonderful. And then in the 1994, I think it is Francis Ford Coppola's uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Tom Waits, the yeah. singer, plays plays Dwight Fry. Uh, plays Renfield. Yeah, and he does a great job. He he does. It's a different take on it, but he's still got the you know, going crazy thing going on and it really works. He did do a so, really good job of playing Renfield in that movie. Yeah, there you go. Tommy the cat. Okay. Um he's always so grevelly. <laughs> so this year, Universal has continued their 
butchering and raping and absolute debauchery filled disrespectful treatment of the universal monsters by releasing a film called Renfield um, starring Mr. Uh, Nicholas Holt as Renfield and Mr. Nicholas Cage as Dracula. If when I remember correctly, isn't Nicholas Cage, the son of Francis Coppola? I think he's a grandson, but yeah, he was a Coppola and he changed yeah, his name. Okay. He changed his name uh, right about the time he was in um, Bridgemont high. Uh, uh, fast high, high, yeah, because he couldn't get work as himself. He could only get work because he was a Coppola. Yeah, so. mm, mm, mm. that's called bringing it all back full circle. There, okay, good. Get continue. No, thank you, thank you. Um, so the good news is he's still acting. He's still overacting. He's still obnoxiously acting. And uh, when I saw the trailer for Renfield, I I was almost physically ill. Like. <laughs> I, I just I just don't understand why they cannot make horror movies, why they insist on trying to make these big budget action movies with Dracula. Because it's with a the love invisible... story. Is, no, I don't know. No. Did you see is Renfield a love story? I don't really remember. It has no, it has it romantic interest in it. And yeah, some shoehorn nonsense between Renfield and whoever Aquafina plays. Which, by the way, who made Aquafina a thing? She is not a good actress. Who she not, sounds who, like a chain smoker. Like, on, I, I gotta understand. see who this Aquafina is. Who's, who's Aquafina, and why did she name herself after water? I, it literally, like Madonna, it's one word: Aquafina. Mm. And she's been in some movies. She does the voice of uh, Raya, the Last Dragon, which is the first time I heard her. And I remember, oh, okay, cool Disney movie. This like thing turns into this whimsical dragon she's like hi i'm a dragon like what is this like i don't understand why people keep putting her in things but that's not the point <laughs> the point is universal owns frankenstein dracula the invisible man they own these iconic horror names and they keep pumping out bullshit and i'm so sick and tired of it like i i, I will see it I just to be, you know, so I can give a clear and honest, you know, review opinion, opinion later. Yeah. yeah, I will watch this movie at some point. But when I saw the trailer, it's just a joke. So, it's just silly. And and I don't understand why they all have to be silly. I don't. So I saw a trailer for Renfield of, before Scream 6. Yeah. And uh, which I've I like all the Scream movies. They're just fun you know, slasher yeah, movies to fine. me. Yeah, they embody the slasher element of movies that doesn't really exist anywhere else. And I, I think they're fun. But I think Paramount, or excuse me, I think Universal should, you know, instead of trying to pump out a movie every once in a while, they try to create their dark universe before, they really should stop and go, you know what? We're going to put things out on streaming. I don't think Universal has a streaming service. So yeah, go over to Paramount. Yeah, I think they're either Universal, either on Paramount or HBO. Uh, well, either one. Go go to either one, and you know, give us six episode, little short mini series sort of thing, four to six episode sort of things, and actually put time into it and give it, you know, good talent. You know, not a name because I mean, Nicolas Cage is a name. Nothing else now. It's very washed up, very past his prime as far as acting goes, 
And you're right, he is overacting in it, which is part of the Nicolas Cage fun. But, yeah. you know, I I have no hope for that movie. I think that people need to, these companies need to quit taking these properties, trying to make movies out of them, and just take advantage of the, the long-form TV that's available. Whether they want to do a streaming series or actual films, I don't care either way. But at the end of the day, they did this in the 40s. They had Frankenstein meets Wolfman. They had Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. That had Bella Lugosi as Dracula and Glenn Strange as the Frankenstein monster. They had these Monster Mash movies back in the 40s and the 50s, and they worked. But you can't I do that like kind of thing now. Oh, well. No, I disagree. I think they could easily do the quote unquote dark universe if they actually stopped dicking around with silly shit like this and actually took it seriously. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're telling me that the Tom Cruise movie was them dicking around? That was <laughs> I Sarge, I don't know if you saw the Tom Cruise movie, but he ran a lot. <laughs> <laughs> He jumped, I, he jumped off of buildings that were falling down and exploded. Okay. The, it was the basically Independence Day monster. <laughs> exactly. And that's the problem. Why don't you just let Roland Emmerich direct all of these and just shit them all? I don't care. No, listen. Here's the thing. They want to capture what Marvel did with the... You can't. You know, no, you can't. You, okay. You can't the way they're trying to do it. You if can't they made, do it the way Marvel did it. Shut up. Yes, you can. If you make, if, if they made universal monster movies, small budget, small cast, and, and interwoven them together, it could work. I'm not saying it would be on the budgetary return that the Marvel films were. Nothing will be. But they could capture that same spirit. But where they screwed up is they started trying to make Marvel films. They tried to turn the mummy into Iron Man. And that's not the same thing. That's that's two completely different worlds. If they would have kept it lower budget and and actually put some time and thought into how they could weave these together, it could work. But at this point, they've had too many opportunities, screwed it up too many times. I give up. I wanted the dark universe to happen, and I just don't see it ever happening. And do you know who I wish would give up? Who? Peter Safran and uh, James and James Gunn. Why Peter Safran? <laughs> because well, James Gunn. All right, so so Monster got on this topic about about crap universes. So we're going to talk about crap universes. Okay. okay. James Gunn and and Safran are supposed to take over the DC universe. Right. That's been in the news. We all know that they're supposed to take over the DC universe because they believe James Gunn can make it like the Marvel universe. Okay. Okay. I mean, I kind of get it. You're going to bring a big name director to come in and try to uh, hammer out all these DC movies. But when you go through the DC universe and while not perfect, each individual movie and I'm going to give Justice League, the Zack Snyder version of Justice League, a fair shake and throw it in there. Each individual movie done in a DC universe was well, except for the big dog that they tried to bring together, like how Marvel brought the Avengers together and it shit to bed. And then you go ahead and you start gutting all your cast the people that these people know now, right? You, they gutted Superman. Really? 
I didn't like Zack Snyder's Superman's. Ind- individually, they're okay. Individually, they were movies. Yes. That's but right. he became the face of Superman for this new generation. Okay. I mean, I mean that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you can't do it. James Gunn tried, and he got so much backlash. I don't know what they're doing. It's up in the air now. So the thing I will give James Gunn is James Gunn, and let's just look at what he did with Suicide Squad. I think James Gunn is going to come in, and he is going to give us the the DC universe that works. And I think he did that with Suicide Squad very well. He took parts of the Suicide Squad movie that movie that we got that was terrible, and he reworked the certain parts. But then he put, you know, the the characters in costumes because they're comic characters, they're comic characters, and he knew they were silly because let's be honest, the DC universe is silly anyway. I mean it just is. But I don't be I think it because he approached it as we're gonna take the silly property serious, but it's not gonna be taken serious in itself, if that makes any sense. And I just think that James Gunn approached that the right way with Suicide Squad. And if he could do it with uh, with the rest of it, cool, I'm in. But I think it's been given a much more serious tone already that he's going to have to pretty much break it down to tear it down to rebuild it. I almost wish the Marvel Cinematic Universe didn't work as well as it did. Because now every other studio wants to do the same thing. They're literally bypassing good scripts and good stories to try to make this like bombastic shared universe. And I don't know how many more times I can say Independence Day is garbage. And Roland Emmerich, if he got hit by a bus, I would only be sad momentarily. Like I just... God, he drives me nuts. He's made I, the same movie 15 times. I feel like if Roland Emmerich got hit by a bus, we should mourn for those people that are late getting to where they were. <laughs> getting to where they were so going. I'm going I'm I'm, I'm, I'm to segue Marvel. All right. Because we made some predictions. Yes. When when we talked uh, A is for Avengers, I forget what C. I think that was season three, season two, season three. I don't remember what season it was. I want to say it was two. I know it was at the beginning of whatever season it was. <laughs> well, yes, because you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. So we made some predictions about some movies back then. And one of the predictions was Ironheart. And the new Black Panther movie came out. Uh, was that Wakanda Forever? Yes. Was, was, is that what it was called? Yeah. They had a scene in there where it showed a young lady taking a, a oxygen acetylene torch cutting out a heart out of a piece of iron. Ooh, right. Yeah. So, but two weeks after that episode aired, I was perusing IMDB on, I forget what, what the other topic was that we were going to be talking about. I was doing my research in it and it was, it was some movie one because you guys like movies. I don't. And, Is that a problem? Yeah. No, I didn't say it was a problem. Do you need to see a counselor? No, no, but Monster's Acceptance favorite, is the first step. Monster's favorite movie is Independence Day. Just saying. <laughs> it's not. So, two weeks after that, I was browsing IMDb, and I happened to go over to the Marvel, the Marvel page, and there's actually a placeholder 
set up for Ironheart with no release date. Now, yeah. I haven't I haven't checked lately. I probably should to oh. see if it, they've updated anything on it. And it was just one of those weird predictions that was made that like actually came, it, it boggled my mind. Yeah. So I saw Wakanda Forever, and I, I have mixed feelings about it, but. The okay, so as soon as the the girl was introduced, it was like, wait a second, I re, I, I know her name from somewhere, I couldn't place her quite right. But then once they started talking about how you know she was really smart and could do all the things, it was like, okay, I I understand now, I know who you are, and they kind of just slowly got to it, and you know, I think they had like an Iron Man suit. You know, kind of th- yeah. They had an Iron Man suit that she was able to escape in and fight off the uh, inbound people. My biggest issue with uh, with that whole thing, it's been updated a bit, but because uh, I've looked at it a couple times before, but it is a TV series. They've given it cast and all. So anyway, I have certain feelings about how they portrayed a lot of things, but you know, I feel like there's beats for stories for the Marvel movies that have been planned out years in advance. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, Hey, we're going to save this one for this movie and this one for this movie. And they had, you know, pretty much the script written and things ready to roll. And then Chadwick Boseman died and they went, we have to rewrite a bunch of things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And Ryan Coogler did about as good as he could. Cause I mean, it was, it was a fine movie. I just have issues with, things within it and i was really hoping for a better prince namor from the ocean than what we got we got like aztec wingfoot well yeah. following the marvel release timelines i believe secret war avengers secret war 2026 mm-hmm. i think was its tentative release date i don't know if it still is no it's been bumped up because they've uh no secret invasion as well as thinking because they I've that's one with nick fury in it yep yeah yeah well this is in the comic storyline for secret war so maybe he'll uh, do that i don't know who knows hopefully hopefully samuel is still around for it just saying these years have been rough so i'm gonna take the uh the uh black panther segue there and Ryan Coogler, who wrote and directed the first two, or the two Black Panthers, not the first two, because there's only been two of them. I don't know if you guys saw the Creed movies, but the first two were great. There's three of them. I haven't seen the third one. And uh, Fruitville Station, All those were all great movies. I highly recommend them. He has um, spoken with Chris Carter, the original creator of X-Files, and Ryan Coogler is... Uh, trying to reboot that series. The the section of Fox that was the TV is now owned by Disney, and Disney owns, uh, I think, 60% of Hulu, so it's probably going to be over on Hulu, but I think they do need to hand it off to somebody like him or Jordan Peele or somebody like that. I think Jordan Peele's a much better producer Ooh, than actual yeah. writer-director now. He put out one really good movie, and then he's put out two very okay Movies at best. Um, nope. And the one before that, I can't remember what it was. Oh, Us. You know. Uh, yeah, not very good. But I think Ryan Coogler could do it. And X-Files is a property that I think there could be a lot of things that could be explored within it. But then also, they could do a lot of the same things, explore a lot of the same topics they did before. But this generation does not know X-Files. 
this generation of TV watchers. So I, I think that'd be a cool thing. I think, uh, I think that David Cougar can do a lot of things. He can improve some franchises for sure. Who? If he's given Sorry. Coogler. Ryan Coogler. You said. Yeah, Ryan Coogler. Sorry. Uh, I think I, I'm reading Daniel like six something. And, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Go on. So, Are you thinking David Duchovny? Because my first thought was, do you bring back yeah, Duchovny? I was honestly thinking about, about that. And, and what's her name? I can't remember. Gillian Anderson. Anderson, right. Yeah, I don't know if you um, bring him back in those roles or if you just have him come back for an episode or two. Recurring character. They, Maybe. Yeah, I, I we, think I think Damien Company should come back as a cigarette smoking man. Yeah, like not the main characters, but like on the edges of the show. Like you, they're really in the middle of a tough case that they can't crack, so they go to the expert who's left it all behind, but might have the answer. And they go to you know the. Yeah, he doesn't have a Jay Leno beard, not Jay Leno, a, uh, <laughs> a David Letterman beard. I'll be sad. <laughs> okay, have you seen David Duchovny lately? No. Okay, no. so the original cigarette smoking man, he I feel like he had this like uh grizzled, like worked hard old man look to him, but like this like old man who knows things and all. David Duchovny has aged like a hound dog horse. Like his face is just like grown long. It's just it's not holding itself up. It's just he David Duchovny has not aged well. So which like makes I was me sad about, because I liked him. So like I was saying about Coogler, right? He can do anything. He, if given free reign, he can do anything. Right. He can also go to podbean.com slash dangerous Arge and get a free month of podcasting service. He really could. And then he can talk shit about us. Yeah, he can. I hope he does. He can. And if Ryan Coogler goes to podbean.com, he is going to have to read those terms and conditions because <laughs> even somebody of his stature, those still will apply. If he goes there and puts in dangerous Sarge's code, Hell yeah, Ryan Coogler. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Okay, so we've talked about movies. We've talked about television. Can I shift us into another form of entertainment? Music. Are, You're going for music, aren't you? Has there been yes. another sighting of Lizard Man? Not yet, but okay. we'll be in South Carolina next weekend, so I'll let you know if I see him. Video games. We did an episode all about God of War, which is one of my absolute favorite video game franchises. At the time of recording, I had not yet played the most recent entry, Ragnarok. Yeah, um, you played it on your wife, I remember. Well, give my wife some props. She got me a PlayStation 5 for birthday slash Christmas in December and got me God of War Ragnarok. I have put in about 30 hours so far. And I'm about halfway through it. Nice. It is wonderful. I know it won a bunch of accolades, game of the year, all this stuff. It is it is beautiful to look at. The story actually has a lot more emotion to it than you would expect it to. It's all about this father-son dynamic. There's a lot of other characters. Like in, in the God of War reboot remake whatever uh for ps4 that came out a couple years ago most of the game is played you are kratos and your son atreus is with you and while you're hacking and slashing like normal atreus is firing arrows and fighting alongside you well in this one you have other characters that will come with kratos during certain segments of the game who have all kinds of different abilities. 
And so not only are you, as far as the light RPG elements, not only are you uh, upgrading Kratos and learning new skills, but you have all these other side characters who are gaining experience that you can upgrade and, and do stuff with as well. Can you um, change them out at different points and pick which one you want to take? Not at a point where I'm at so far. I don't know if that ever happens, but it is very like you will take a person with you that knows the realm that you are about to enter. Yeah. And there's this really cool connection with, with the Norse gods like Odin and Thor and all that is in here. It's really interesting. Um, cool. The story can get a little convoluted at times and there's almost so much to do that it's overwhelming. But if you just like roll with it, like I don't, I'm not a completionist. I don't have to do every side quest and discover every nook. You're not a real gamer, but I do a lot of it. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a massive game and it's, it's beautiful to look at. And probably as soon as we get off this call, I'm going to go play it for at least an hour. So yeah, highly recommend it. If you, if you listen to our God of War episode, you know I'm a big fan of the series. I'm not ready to say this is my favorite or the best one of the series, but it's definitely in the top two or three, 100%. All right. You know, to piggyback on your video game, uh, we didn't do this one per se, but since it's video games, I can actually come out and say it. So um, Destiny 2 is free to play. Right, It's been free to play for a few years now. Uh, they launched some new expansions and actually improved the game base. Like whatever Bungie did, listening to its developers and to its audience, its its player base, made a huge difference. You got to love how the company listens to their people. I know, right? So it's actually funny, and I've started picking it up again. I've been playing it off and on. It is super fun. As of this point into the game, through all the expansions, I have close to ninety or ninety five hours into the game. Uh, I've never done a single raid in a game because I don't have you know, five people I care enough about to get together and try to plan a raid. Who but, does? I know, right? I mean, really. But it's they've made it cross-platform, so PC, Xbox, uh, PlayStation can now play together, which has helped tremendously. And do you remember the guy that played Karen, the Keeper, the front desk clerk in the John Wick movies? Yes. The, um... uh, what's his name? Um I, I know who you're talking about. Uh, oh my god, Becky! Yeah. So anyway, he plays the voice of one of the characters, Commander Zavala, in the game. And when he passed away, there was uh, you look it up online. There he were passed, players. I didn't he died. Oh yeah, he 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 mm. passed away. Uh, and the last time he uh, he died at night. He died in his sleep. And somebody checked his because uh, you could check their online time, how long someone's been offline on Destiny. And like he was, die- he was playing the night before he died. So not only did he voice act in it, he also actively played with with people in the game. Is it fair to say spoilers? What do you mean about him dying? Everyone <laughs> knows he's been dead for like three or four weeks. I didn't know, but okay. Gordon Lightfoot died the other day. That was sad. Who? It, yeah, shut up. <laughs> Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> he put out like one of the best albums ever. Gord's Gold had Rekha Evan Fitzgerald. Um, uh-huh. if you could read my mind, all right, go on. <laughs> Anyways, so they put a lot of lore back in the game, and you can actually go through and choose how you want to play it, which parts of the game you want to play at what time. So you could actually play through some of the expansions and some of the previous early missions, which is super fun. I think you know, God of War, the, the new God of War, Lance, uh, spoiler, 
Yes. Lance Reddick. Lance Reddick. Sorry, I just yeah. I had to find it. But anyways, like I was saying before I got on God of War, but people were paying tribute to him in game, like going up to his character and like holding like a vigil over. He was pretty a uh, vigil over his character. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's always neat whenever something like that happens where they take what happened in real life and put it into the game, things like that. Like I know um, there was uh, in-game stuff that happened during uh, in the Call of the Wild. Uh, Robin Williams' daughter's name is Zelda, and there mm-hmm. were people that did Robin Williams things in the game. You know, oh, that's so, neat. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it was the first Zelda that after he passed away. So I can't remember if it came out after he passed out, passed away, or what. It was around the same time, but if. If anyone ever played old school World of Warcraft before all the expansions came out, uh, there if you start as a horde character in the Thunder Bluffs in the Torin area, there's a guy, there's a kid named Kyle there, and he lost his dog. And one of the quests there, it's an absolutely pointless quest, is to help him find his dog by giving it a piece of meat. That was actually put in there by the Make a Wish Foundation. So Blizzard got the Make a Wish Foundation. The kid wanted to have a quest character in the game. And they did that, and he was still alive when the game came out. But when the kid passed away, there was this huge, like, everyone made Horde characters in that area, like, literally started crashing servers, going, like, pay homage to this kid and make donations to make a wish and all this other kind of cool. stuff. That's cool. Was the kid's yeah. name Kyle? Yes. The kid's right. actually I would hope so. I would hope his name's not Paul, and they were like, <laughs> we're going to name Kyle. Oh, God. So, all right. The third episode, the last episode that I have, uh, update for is there were some new things found in Roger Rabbit and I think it was what uh, season 3 we did Who Framed Roger Rabbit just want to jump through a couple of them alright so there is no segue from World of Warcraft to Who Framed Roger Rabbit if anybody out there can come up with the segue from World of Warcraft to Who Framed Roger Rabbit please email us at dangerandsarge.com or dangerandsarge.gmail.com or shoot us a message on something you know yeah let me know anyway so the character that eddie valiant follows into toontown that he thinks is jessica rabbit her name is lena hyena i didn't i never knew her name until okay. i found this so who's that the girl that uh eddie valiant follows into toontown that he thinks is uh jessica rabbit oh, yeah. she turns around and like spazzes out real hard right oh yeah yep. yeah so her apartment is, it's the whole thing is very quick. And so pretty much all of these things that were found are all like freeze frame things where you go like frame by frame. So in her apartment, it's really easy to miss because again, freeze frame. So the room is dark. And so that makes it even harder to see. But there is a frame picture of a screwy, screwy squirrel like rabbit character. It's just on the wall to the left of Lena's window, who looks happy when Eddie peeks through the, pe- through the through the keyhole, then repulsed after Lena's identity reveal, holding his hands out as if to ward her off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, most of the furniture faces have expressions um, ranging from despair to disgust. Like her, the things in her apartment don't like her. That's funny. <laughs> And there's a really quick scene where Eddie hides in the floorless men's room in in her apartment. And if you look at the doorknob, it looks a lot like the doorknob from Alice in Wonderland. And there is a... For some reason, I feel like I do remember that. There is a real Maybe. quick, real, real, real quick, like frame by frame, 
graffiti on the bathroom stall that says, for a good time, call Allison Wonderland. Allison, <laughs> like, first name. And hold nice. on, hold on. For a good time, call Allison Wonderland. The best is yet to be. Oh. It's thought that this is a reference to Allison Wonderland because of the doorknob. There was a secretary that worked for the studio whose name was Allison. And so it was a, a thing where the uh, the animators were able to go, no, 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 it's Allison. The thing, but the secretary, but it's Allison Wonderland. Yeah. Now, rumors were circulating that theatrical prints of the film had a phone number, but it was never actually confirmed there was a phone number in the graffiti. There were a couple of animators that worked on it that said there was. And it was then President Michael Eisner's phone number. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you do know about the phone number in the video game, correct? Remind me. I I know there's something about the The one that the the one that you could call and it would give you game hints. Okay, so when the game, the Who Framed Roger Rabbit game that was published, uh, God, sometime in the early '90s, late '80s, whenever for Nintendo. had a there was a part where you had you found this phone number on a cocktail napkin you had to call it and it would give you like a hint to get to the next part of the game um however as years went on people play nintendo whatever uh avgn does an episode where he plays through the game and he calls the number and it's a sex hotline nice (laughs) So there is a 1-800 number in a Nintendo game that now goes to a smut line. So. I, I feel like we go. talked about that before, but... Um, we probably did. Fun. I wonder... I mean, do sex lines still exist? I don't know. Yes. Uh, yeah. There's a plenty of lonely Wow, you were very, very quick to confirm that. Okay. Yeah. So story, I need uh, to see your phone bill, sir. You can see my phone bill all you want. I've had there some really 900 stupid numbers <laughs> I have had some really stupid soldiers in my time, so I know these things still exist. Fair right. enough. So you guys are over at the end where the train comes through and runs over um, Judge Doom's Dipmobile and all that. It's like mm-hmm. this. Uh-huh. So the train that goes by is it like in windows, there are different things happening. And you, it is another freeze frame thing. In the first car, a chicken holds up a bottle to a figure holding a glass. A witch holds up a broom, a man with his hands in the air next to some animal, couldn't figure out which one it was, and what appears to be Stan Laurel strangling Oliver Hardy. <laughs> Car two, a person, uh, a person who's been hung, a man with his hands up as another man holds a gun on him, someone with a feathered headdress holding up a tomahawk to what might be a wolf and what might be women fleeing. Car three, an old man holds up a cane to another person. A vulture faces a man holding up a glass. Someone holds uh, what could be a spear in front of a rabbit. And the silhouette of Piglet in his scarf from the short Winnie the Pooh can be spotted hanging onto the rail at the very end of the train. Yeah. So none of those things could be seen in the movie. You had to do frame by frame, which makes me wonder what the hell were the animators doing that they were so detailed they put those things in there that it could only be looked at 30 years later on frame by frame and uh, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's only because of the wonderful technology we now have, uh, not the laser disc that was originally <laughs> available that allowed 
people to start thinking they could see up Jessica Rabbit's skirt. Oh god. Yeah. So so to Sarge's point, I do have one more I can bring up that is music related, if anyone's interested. Okay. We did an episode, I can't remember for the season two, I think it was season two, all about my good friend Zombie comma Rob, Mr. Rob Zombie. At the time of recording, had I gone to the Freaks of Nature tour in 2022? I don't remember. Okay. I don't think I had because I saw Rob Zombie open for corn in 1999. So it had been a minute. But me and a buddy of mine went to the show last year. It was, uh, let's see, Power Man 5000, Static X, Mudvayne, and Rob Zombie. Just wanted to report back that even if you don't like Rob Zombie's music or his films, if you just want to have a good time and see a cool rock and roll show, go see him in concert. He's on tour right now with Alice Cooper, and I guarantee that's a great show. The theatrics alone are worth price of admission. I think we talked about this on the Rob Zombie episode. I I did see him. And it was not a great show, the one that I caught. So it wasn't uh-huh. a festival. So maybe it was just that that one. Yeah, and I guarantee it was because it was at a festival. Because actually, something that I did not put in the episode is that one of the reasons that Romstein became such a big deal in America is because that Family Values tour that was Corn, Limp Biscuit, Ice Cube, all those guys back in like 98, 99, Rob Zombie was supposed to be on that tour, but his production for that tour was going to be several thousands of dollars per tour date. And they were like, no, we, we cannot afford to do that. So Rob gracefully bowed out from what I understand. They stayed mutual friends. Like nobody's mad or anything, but Rob said, okay, if you're not going to let me do what I want to do, then I'm not going to do this tour. And that's when Romstein hopped on the bill. And, you know, obviously they've had an incredible career, so they're doing fine. When Rob is left to his own devices, he's going to put a theatrical, like nonstop, just overload of the senses the whole time. Yep. Now at a festival gig where you're sandwiched between other acts and you got to hurry up. I oh, mean, he was, he was closing it out. So I don't know. I, I, well, I don't, I'm not sure what his deal was. Then. Okay. So I, I know that when I saw him, he had, you know, there were several moments where there were like super tall, larger than life creatures walking around on stage with them and all this, all this nonsense and, and specifically danger. I thought you would like to know, cause we've talked about this on, on some other shows about that weird break before the encore. Like everybody knows you're, there's a song you haven't played yet. You know, you're going to play it. Yeah. So whenever I saw him, I'm looking at the set list here right now, did a couple of cool songs. He did 15 songs. 13 was Thunder Kiss 65, the white zombie song. And then he did Shadow of a Cemetery Man. So then all the lights go off and he walks off stage. And you'll love this. They show the trailer for the Munsters movie. Yeah, I remember you're talking yeah. about I remember you talking about it and it was like very underwhelming response to it. Yes, like nobody knew what the hell was going on. And and then he comes out with Dracula. Right. Like, yeah, no shit. Like 
that's the song and we've been here for an hour and you haven't played it. Like, right. you know, it's coming, but at least it does have a connection to the monsters movie. So I guess, you know, I, so I guess when we recorded that episode, I had gone to the show, but just to give a little more detail, I, I thought it was great. I would highly recommend if you've never seen zombie in concert to check it out. So in addition to all of this, like I was looking through all the topics to see, and, and these were just some of the things I found that I thought were great, but I also read an article about drinking too much and it scared the hell out of me. So I'm not reading that again. (laughs) (laughs) What type of car does an egg drive? Don't know. A beater? A yoke's wagon. Uh, both of those, I feel like, are good responses. So, <laughs> what did the horse say after it tripped? Help! I've fallen. I can't giddy up. <laughs> so, I wouldn't, if I were you guys, I would not worry about your smartphone or TV spying on you because your vacuum's been gathering your dirt for years. <laughs> that thing sucks. What a stoop dog carried umbrella. Full or drizzle. drizzle. <laughs> How do you make an egg roll? How? Oh, okay. Uh. So yeah, uh, I met a microbiologist recently. He was much bigger than expected. <laughs> I knew that. Damn it! Why? How did Ebenezer Scrooge win the football game? How? The ghost of Christmas past. Mm. I- okay, I got one more. What would bears be without bees? Ears, ears, ears. <laughs> That's all I got. All right. And uh, somebody ripped the fifth month out of my calendar, and I am completely dismayed. What's so. the number one cause of divorce? Marriage. Marriages. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. I uh, I personally enjoyed this little quick walk we took down memory lane. Um, you know, thanks for sticking in with us. If you haven't listened to these episodes that we talked about before, then go back and listen to them. I'd, I'd like to say, like, hey, this episode came out on this day last year, but we are not that organized people. Yeah, we're Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. Like, if you're looking for people that are on top of it, go to a different show. If you like people that are just winging it, we're all birds. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Uh, please, if you have a uh, suggestion for a topic, shoot us an email at dangerousarge at gmail.com. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, uh, look us up on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Danger and Sarge, and um, leave us a review. Hopefully it's a five star. If you think we deserve one, I'll take it because uh, we deserve it. Evidently. I'm not sure why, but we do. <laughs> um, a review is know, a review. A review is a review. But you listened and I appreciate that. <laughs> so It's true. We still got the stream. Yes. Still counts. We got your number and your review. (laughs) So, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, From the bottom of all of our heart. Uh, Yeah. uh, Whatever. From the soft spot monsters pants. Thank you. (laughs) Whoa. All right. Good night, everybody. Goodbye. Good night. Later. It's over. Done. Done.